You're listening to the Lessons in Real Estate Show, sponsored by Mission First Capital, bringing real estate investment deals for active duty and veteran investors. Your host, Anthony Pinto, searched land, air, and sea to find military investors just like you investing in multifamily and commercial real estate, both active duty and veterans. Hear their stories, learn their lessons, and be inspired by the obstacles they have overcome on their path to financial freedom. Whether you are overseas or stationed at home, if you want to get started as a military real estate investor, this is the show for you. And now your host, Anthony Pinto. I'm so excited to have you guys here today on the revamped new and improved version of the Lessons in Real Estate show. I wanted to refocus on my mission here in life uh, with this podcast, and that is to help teach and inspire 1 million military members and veterans to achieve financial freedom through real estate. And as a part of the March to a Million campaign, my call is to show you the path to freedom of time and money, whether you intend to stay in for 20 years or get out next year. And so listen to the stories of fellow military members and investors just like you struggling, overcoming, and achieving success in multifamily real estate, and even some of them doing it while active duty, and really dig into their lessons learned, as well as their failures on their path to success. Uh, But you came here for the show, so let's get to it. All right, here we go, learners. Welcome to our last part in this 12-part series about underwriting here at PCA Teaches on this beautiful Monday morning. And this last part is going to be about investor return structures as well as actual investor returns and what those actually mean. So, you know, the past 12 parts, we've kind of gone through how to actually underwrite a deal and what the actual, you know, the property looks like, how to actually look at, you know, what type of strategy you want to use for uh, if you want to refinance, if you want to sell, um, you know how to look at different rent rent numbers, how to look at acquisition costs, you know, uh, closing costs, things of that nature. But one of the most important things to look at, and particularly if you are syndicating a deal, is to look at what the return structure looks like and how to set those up with your investors. Now, what do I mean about return structure for your investors? Well, if you're doing the syndication, uh, in the essence, you have a set of active investors who are your general partners and you have a set of of, uh, passive investors who are your limited partners and the limited partners you know are expecting for their capital capital contribution in the first place to get a set return on that capital and that's really their only involvement really within the deal itself at the syndication so each deal and each general partnership team and each syndication is going to have a different return structure that makes sense to uh, both the investor and also the general partner team. And really, no two deals are going to be alike, but there is going to be a similar, similar kind of trend on um, the different structures that are available and why you would want to go with the particular one, either as a general partner or a limited partner. So what do I mean by return structures? Well, these are the uh, expected returns you can expect you can exceed within a particular deal and how the general partnership has set that up for you as a limited partner to be able to get certain returns back. So these are going to be things like prep rates, uh, you know, a just a simple split, return of capital hurdles, carried interest, things of that nature. So let's kind of get down to it. And I'm going to break it down into five different parts, um, three of which are going to be 
mainly for the limited partner and then an additional couple for the general partners. Now, the first return structure you're gonna to expect to see for a typical syndication is what's called a preferred return, uh, also known as a pref rate. And it's probably one of the most common um, return structures you can expect to see as a limited partner. And what do I mean by a preferred return? Well, this is the return you would expect to see first and foremost before the general partners get paid anything. So for example, let's say that the syndication has an 8% prep rate or 8% preferred rate of return. And so that means that the limited partners should expect to see an 8% return on their capital, return on their capital before they, uh, before the general partners see any sort of profits. So for example, let's say that you have you know, uh, you raise $100,000 in capital, and there's an 8% prep rate, you would expect that the limited partners should receive a projected 8% preferred rate of return before the general partners see anything. So they should expect to see $8,000 uh, in return for the year before the general partners see any sort of income additional to that. Now, we'll combine with things like a simple split, you know, the general partners maybe get, get an additional amount of money through that, but a set return for a lot of people is at 8% prep rate. And in addition to that, you may think, okay, you know, what if I only get 6% for that year? Well, that means that the whole 6% is going to go to limited partners, and none of that is going to go to the general partners outside of, you know, fees and things. Um, none of that profit is going to go to the general partners. And that additional 2% that you are now owed now gets accrued into, this, into the next year. So, you know, first year you did 6%, second year, if you, you know, had an additional 2% added on, you should expect to receive a 10% return on that, on that next year for your preferred return. Some general partnerships have that differently set up um, than others, but that is typically how you should expect to see it. So if for some reason that general partners fell short, then you only got 6%, you should expect that additional 2% to be bumped into the next year and added to your total for the next year's preferred return. Now, why would a why would a structure why would we want to do a structure like that as a general partner or as a limited partner? Well, I'm obviously as a limited partner you have the first take of any profits that occur on that property. So, you know, if for some reason you're only able to get uh, a 6% return or 7% return as your general partner, one, you're not really doing your job because you, you know, you should be conservative in your numbers and not be able to project a, um, a higher return than you, than you can actually project or provide. But it gives the, the limited partners a peace of mind that, uh, you know, regardless of what happens with the property, they're going to get their money first and foremost before the actual active partners or general partners are going to see it. Now, from the general partner side, it's obviously a hurdle that you have to hit before you get paid on um, if, for your sponsorship. So that means that you want to be able to do a good job and obviously exceed the, that preferred return, not only to make sure that your investors for and foremost get their return and that they also keep their capital, but that you actually get a return on your, for you, the amount of work that you put in as well. Now imagine that you've, you know, you, you busted your butt trying to get this property turned around and you only made a 6% uh, return on that and you get nothing for the year. So obviously alignment of interest for you to you get at the very least get to or exceed the preferred return so you can get you know, some capital from that. 
But first and foremost, the number one uh, first return structure you're going to see is a preferred return. Now, the second one is going to be a simple split, or also known as an LPGP split. And this is can be coupled with preferred return and, or may not be coupled with preferred return. And why this is preferable to the general partner is that it obviously gives you a split of the profits that you would otherwise uh, would, wouldn't be able to see if you were just doing preferred return. Um, and it, for the limited partner, it gives you a much higher amount of profits for, um, you know, from a capital event or in addition to your preferred return. Now, what do I mean by an LPGP split? Um, so for example, you may have a 70-30 split or a 75-25 split or an 80-20. Those are you know, kind of the most common ones you're gonna expect to see. That means that 70, 70 to 80% of the profits from a deal outside of preferred return are gonna go to the limited partnership group. And then that's gonna be broken down by equity to each individual limited partner. And then the 20 to 30% is gonna go to the general partnership group and gonna be split out among them in terms of their equity as well. So that means, for example, if you have $100,000 in equity, or sorry, in, um, in profit or in cash flow from the property, after the preferred return comes out, you should expect to see a 70,000 of that going to the limited partners and 30% and 30,000 of that going to the general partners if you had a 70-30 split. Now, obviously incentivizes you to you know, make as much profit as you can get on the general partnership side so you can get a bigger stake of the profit off of that, right? But it also gives you a portion of the uh, of any refinance that happens, of any additional profits on top of the, of the uh, preferred return, but also a stake of the profits at the back end when you actually go to sell the property. So you, you may often see that there is a preferred return of like, you know, six to 8% coupled with a simple split, like a 70, 30, 80, 20 split. And how the Gemini partners set that up um, is totally dependent upon that particular group, but it may come down to what expected returns you can, uh, you can expect to see just to hit kind of that baseline uh, return structure there. So preferred return, number one, second one is an LPGP split. And then the third one is gonna be return of capital. Now, when I say, you know, a preferred return of 6%, the 6% is return on capital. And that's key to, to say there versus return of capital. So I've never actually heard of a general a partnership team doing this, but some groups may end up having a return of capital. So let's say that you have a 10% return. Um, that means that you're getting 10% of your capital back each year, which means that you're not actually getting a return on your capital, you're just getting return of capital. And that's, that's key to understand both in terms of your tax uh, purposes, uh, but also to actually calculate what your return your total return is gonna be a return on investment. So just be really careful when you're looking at how the return structure is laid out as both a general partner and a limited partner to make sure that you're getting a return on capital rather than return of capital. So those are the three main structures you can expect to see in terms of investor return, common investor return structures. Now there are a couple additional ones and some phrases you may hear thrown around. And uh, the, this is kind of a, a more advanced um, strategy and, you know, really does align the general partnership and the limited partners um, and uh, really aligns interest there, but also make sure that the general partners are getting a good amount of money off of it as well. And that is uh, what's called hurdles, uh, also called gates, may uh, be heard as waterfall. Um, and it essentially means that 
hey, uh, I am projecting you to get a, you know, a 10% IRR kind of not, that's not really good, but uh, let's just say you're, you're expecting to get a 10% RR and what all that means, we'll get into uh, the terminology there, but I expect to get a 10% IRR for you know the next five years. Uh, for some reason, I kill it on this deal and we end up getting a 50% IRR. Um, you know, the split that we had before of a 70-30 split now goes to a 50-50 split because I now did, you know, a better job than I originally thought. And because I did a better job than that, I get an extra promote uh, on top of that. And now the split gets means that I end up getting more capital for that. And you not only make more returns on your end, but now I you know, get an additional part of that as a general partnership team. And so you, you essentially set these gates for yourself where or milestones, uh, hurdles for yourself that say, hey, if I meet X return, I now want this amount of money or I want this return structure, or I want, you know, X, Y, and Z to occur, or your pref rate goes to, you know, goes from a 10% to a 6%, or your split goes from X to Y. So it just gives you kind of some extra incentives in there when you're building out the structure to align the interests of the general partners to kind of push them further to make sure that they try to hit those gates. Um, again, a little more complicated, and you really need to be cautious in how you wear that out within your PPM. Um, to make sure that you're you're setting that up right. And then the last uh, terminology I want to talk about is carried interest. And um, this is often more of a financial term rather than what you're going to hear about in um, like the financial market, like banking, more so than you're going to hear in real estate as a whole. But what carried interest means is essentially it is the profits that you can expect to get from the simple split that you would see. And carried interest is often referred to um, specifically towards the general partnership. So for example, we have a 70-30 split. I would expect that the carried interest is going to be that 30% that the general partnership is going to receive from any profits they would get. Um, so it's nothing more than, you know, just the amount of money that they, you'd expect to get on general partnership, but that's often a phrase that is used, which is carried interest. So now that we talked about the actual investor return structures, let's talk about what returns, actual returns you can expect to get and what the ter different terms actually mean and when evaluating a deal. First and foremost, the number one return I would expect to look at um, and the one that's most commonly referred to or thought about when you think about what you know just the term returns or return on investment is going to be your cash on cash return and uh, when you're building out your structure as a general partner uh, you want to kind of hit some general wickets when it comes to cash on cash return and that is typically between eight to ten percent or at least that's what we look for um, when we're initially evaluating a deal. And your cash and cash return is going to be the, the amount of cash that you're getting back on a particular deal for that year and what the, you know, out of a certain percentage. So, for example, if you say you get a 10% cash and cash return and you put in an initial $50,000 capital investment, then you should expect to receive a 5% uh, return or, five or sorry, $5,000 back. And that equals a 10% cash on cash return. The next year, let's say you get only 8% or you get it and you only get um, you know, $4,000 back. That's an 8% cash on cash return. And so cash on cash returns are often referred to on an annual basis, but your average can be, you know, each year that we hold a property for, you know, let's say it's called, you know, um, 
year one is 10%, year two is, is 8%, year three is 8%, so on and so forth. You get an average cash and cash return uh, over that time period. But it's a pretty simple calculation. You're just taking each individual year and then averaging them in together. The second one you're going to want to look at is the annual average return or average annual return, AAR is how it's normally abbreviated. And that's going to be your total return you, you can expect to receive, not only in terms of the cash flow from the property, but any profits from the refinance, any profits from the sale of the property. So it is accounting for the um, from initial closing to actually selling the property at the end of this. And that those returns are typically between 15 to 20% is what we kind of shoot for. Um, and that is the average annual return. The next one we uh, kind of shoot for is the equity multiple. And um, typically you're going to see that be just about two, right around two X, which means that you can expect from closing to sale of the property. So it includes, you know, all the capital events at the end, you can expect for a two X equity multiple that you would return, receive two times your equity back. In addition to obviously your, your return to capital. So for an, a $50,000 initial investment, you would expect to receive $100,000 back at the end of it, including all the cash flow total together and um, return of capital and profits on the back end uh, for that. So your equity multiple, some, sometimes I've heard of as 3X. So you'd get for a $50,000 investment, you get $150,000 total amount of capital back. Um, you know, some are 1.5. But right around two is where we try to shoot for and, and really should be the, at the minimum you're looking for as an unlimited partner. And then the last uh, return um, set, I guess, that you're looking for when, excuse me, when evaluating a deal is probably one of the most um, difficult terms to understand, um, but is often the most simple one to use because it can translate across multiple different properties and accounts and asset classes and, and uh, you know, financial assets, really. And uh, it is called IRR or internal rate of return. And the typical IRR is, is 15% minimum. And then it just kind of goes up from there. And what's so special about IRR is that one, it's an actual physical algebraic calculation, but two, it takes into account the number of years that a property is held for um, and the value, present value of that money or the value of that property versus the return structure that it's getting. So typically a IRR goes down the longer that you hold a property because there's, you know, it's instead of, you know, one or two years that the return is out of it is now over, you know, five or six or seven years. But um, internal rate of return or IRR is, is in often used because it gives you kind of a, um, a good, look at comparing different asset classes to figure out, hey, yes, this is actually makes sense because sometimes your cash and cash may be a little wonky. Sometimes your average annual return might be weird, but your IRR is a good kind of wholesome value that takes into account the total amount of years that you put into that property as well. So this ends the 12 part underwriting series. You know, we covered uh, the actual return structures for investors, you know, preferred return, simple split, return of capital versus return on capital. And we also were, uh, covered what it actually, what your returns actually mean and some typical ones you should expect to look at when you're evaluating a property yourself, but also when you're a general partner evaluating a property to see, you know, does this actually make sense to bring in investors on? So with that, I hope you guys have enjoyed this 12 part series and let me know if you have any more questions always happy to chat through things 
or talk with you. I freaking love talking about real estate and always happy to, uh, you know, discuss whatever you guys want to know. So with that, I hope you guys have enjoyed this Lessons in Real Estate show PCA teaches and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. If you are a military investor and found this episode of the Lessons in Real Estate show packed with great information, tell your friends and leave a five-star rating on your listening platform. Every comment is read and appreciated. Don't forget to check out our weekly episodes of PCI Teaches, brought to you by Pinto Capital Investments. Learn about basic and advanced topics in real estate investing. Catch updates on Anthony's journey through learn and teach segments. And listen to the tales of other military investors and real estate professionals every week. We'll catch you next time on the Lessons in Real Estate show.